The Weezer Bracket is brought to you by Tom Hooper's Cats. This movie's going to be a fucking masterpiece, man. Well, okay. Um, let, let's address the elephant room. They have a weird uh, long lead for their advertising budget and weird start that they're going to have with their first ads on our podcast here. I know. It's almost like it's not legit, but it is definitely legit. They definitely gave us money. And you can give us money, too. Let's always never forget that. Especially in envelopes, just cash, maybe, possibly. We we both have PayPal, Venmo. Yeah. Uh there's a Square Cash. There's a Cash app. I have all that. I don't have the Cash app. You all, you can just download it. I have like Zelle. Do you have Zelle? So I don't I don't understand Zelle because like it's built into like my bank. Yeah, but, like I'd yeah. already been transferring money in my bank before that, and it's like, why do you need this? I don't know. Also, like I can just transfer like things from like Venmo to, directly to my bank. Too. I don't I don't know how like half these fucking apps like do what we've already done. And then they're like, well, we're changing the way you do it. And it's just like, this is the exact same process, except now the background's purple. And it's an uglier app. Oh, I don't even use the separate app. Yeah. They're like, this is now powered by Zelle. And it's like, it was working fine. I don't know. I think like Zelle just got like some sort of like deal with all the banks that they're the, 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 you know, the one that they use. Yeah. Or they try and convince you to use. I don't, I don't fucking understand this stuff. No. I don't understand Tom Hooper's cats either. <laughs> I mean, when you think of like a striking visual director, it's Tom Hooper, baby. What's it going to be? I mean, I'm sorry, a visionary director. That's the phrase everyone uses now. Is it going to be like mo-capped or is it going to be like really stagey and just have them all in costumes? Like, I guarantee you it'll be like basically like the Broadway play brought to life with better sets. I kind of think that's possible too because like he's going to want to I mean, do like live like music like live on set recording of the of the singing like he did with Les Mis again. I mean he's not that imaginative so. Have you ever seen have you ever seen a production of Cats? No I remember like in senior year of high school in drama class them, some people watching like a VHS of it. Yeah, there was a VHS that like every kid in the eighties and early nineties had and like their parents made them watch and repeat. And I remember like watching like twelve minutes and it's like, what the fuck is this? It's so boring. I've seen like I saw like a dinner theater production of it. Oh like, my god. When I was like fifteen or sixteen in like Akron. It was so bad. The funny thing, since it was an Akron, they made it so, like, because, you know, it's all in a junkyard, but they made it so it was, like, all Goodyear tires and all tire, like, because, you know, Akron is such known for uh, tire production. Okay, can we get into this? Why are you guys so fucking proud of a tire factory? I don't know, because it's just fun to the, the economy for so long in that city. Oh, okay, that actually makes sense. It's like, <laughs> I just thought it was one of those things where it's like, hey, this factory's here, like, we're really proud of it. And no, because just when things are in your town, like, they, they, I think people are just are able to live because, of, like, certain, like, productions are in town. Yeah, I suppose, I guess. There was, like, a business airport near us that everyone was proud of. I'm like, I'm... We can't fly out of there. Like it's also because like Goodyear is such a big brand. I mean, and the Goodyear blimp is such a famous well, like, thing. Like like LeBron when the Cavaliers got he had some word for it the foot with a fe- with a wing on it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. He's just like, oh man, I, I always used to see that and be inspired. And then I photoshopped his quote oh, to just, be the drill quote, and that didn't take off like I really hoped it would. He's just saying horses that he knows he had. I mean, he's great at doing press for shit like that. He says the right thing every time. I can't believe how LeBron-centric our podcast has become in the last two weeks. <laughs> LeBron's just... I'm always thinking about LeBron. I mean, I am too, and we've held off. I know. 
It's like LeBron, Wells, Weezer. <laughs> okay, we well we we let go on a couple. Of those. <laughs> Anyhow, ready to get started? Sure. Oh my God, we've done it again. We're at the end of another round, Andrew. I know. Okay, so I'm Nick Robb, uh, the number two stunner. And I'm Andrew Woods. I am Jim Jarmusch here, the best Twitter account on Twitter. Okay, that's not true. <laughs> You're right. It's drill. It is, it's always going to be drill. <laughs> or, you know what? I'm going to do a shout out to my other favorite Twitter account, Sanj. <laughs> Sanj, who has refused to be on this podcast I love Sanj, you should follow Sanj, he's the best Sanj is one of the more particular Twitter accounts I've ever seen Nick, do you notice that whenever I said Sanj, I, pr- I actually just pointed out to the sky Like, I, like, I thought <laughs> like he's for, dead No, like I just <laughs> thought like someone would notice I was like calling my shot like, <laughs> Sanj is a great twitter account if you like to be told exactly what you just said like i'll pick i'll post a picture of like myself and he'll go it's a guy with hat and glasses i'm like yeah you nailed it (laughs) there's no ambiguity when it comes to sanj and that's what i enjoy about him well there's always ambiguity where i can't tell if his complete disastrous misspellings of macaroni (laughs) are a bit or just he can't spell it I don't know. I think it's just his way of spelling it. It's like macaroni. And it's just like, what? He has packages and packages of this stuff. He's looking at it all the time. Anyways, we also want to send a special shout out, a little get well message to a constant reference on this podcast, uh, Takeshi69. Uh, yes. He was taken in a car and beaten up. He has a wildly different story than what cops are saying. Uh, I'm presenting a third issue. Okay. I think he uh, was beaten up by some people who were very angry at his statements that Matt Sharp didn't define the sound of Weezer. And I think just some of those Matt Sharp Weezer fans just came and uh, knocked the shit out of him. Wait, when did he say that? He didn't say oh, that. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I would be surprised if Takeshi Six Nine knew any Weezer song. I bet he knows. Um, I mean, Island in the Sun would be the pick, and I doubt he knows that. I bet he knows "Can't Stop Partying." Um, Kids love it. <laughs> I mean, I think we have convinced a few people about that song. I don't believe Takeshi Six Nine listens to the podcast. We hope he does. Hey, Takeshi, if you are listening, please come on. We'd love to have you and get better. Yeah, get better soon. Uh, he actually just dropped a video with Nicki Minaj, and it's fucking great. Okay, uh, I don't know. You have anything else you want to talk about up front? Uh, no Weezer news this week, so let's get let's get at it. No, there's not going to be Weezer news for a while. They're on tour. They're playing concerts, which definitely means they're not going to release an album because I can't think of any time a band has released an album in the middle of the tour. That'd be a pretty tight thing to do. It would. It's just one of those things where. Album releases and touring, like, the companies have it down to an exact science now. (laughs) And I don't think they're going to upset the boat, especially with Weezer's 11th release. Uh, I think 
11th or 12th. 11th or 12th, yeah. Yeah. They're like, fuck it. Dozen in, let's let's shake it up. Okay. Let's have them tour and then release the album. <laughs> let's just do it halfway through the let's, tour. Let's just, re- let's just release and then, it whenever. And then we'll try and incorporate some of the songs halfway through the tour. You know, um, these guys we already are, have a set list. Like these guys are on list. 50, uh, nearing 50. They're really in their routine. Let's shake it up on them. Scott Schreiner's already past 50. Yeah, that I... I, I Edited that part. It's like that part still blows me away. Yeah. Time fucking sucks. Fuck you, time. Time flies. Oh. Oh, and here we go. <laughs> Round one. Time flies. Off of Hurley. Time flies when you're having fun. Time flies when you live on the run. The harder Versus heart songs off of Weezer, the Red album. Over Washington, the sappy on the day top, the charries are the songs. These are my heart songs. They never feel I gotta say, I go, I'm gonna come out and say it. I'm still kind of shocked that Time Flies made it this far. I, that was actually that's what I was gonna ask you about. You you are a weird Time Flies like defender. I because here's the thing: like if we take the Roger Ebert model of criticism, where you take a look at what the project was attempting to do and whether it accomplished that goal regardless of how you feel about it personally okay time flies is radically successful time flies feels like it was recorded on quarter inch tape left in some vault somewhere came out and was just shoved on a discount album that someone picked up at a truck stop i get yeah i just don't enjoy that very much <laughs> that's fair but i mean and like, do you remember like, it was like, up against last round? Uh, not offhand. You know, like, I re- I remember surprisingly little from these. It things. was a, it was eulogy for a rock band. You were obviously fighting for Time Flies. I was fighting for eulogy. We called Thomas, and he settled the score. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I mean, look, that's look, that's just how the bracket bounces. You know, that's. I was like thinking, like, why does Nick love this song? Do you actually just ever play it? Do you like ever like joke to it or something like that? <laughs> um. No, because I don't like words in my jelking music. Do you listen to Death Grips when you jelk? Uh, Fashion Week. Okay. The, the wordless album. <laughs> no, you can't listen to Death Grips. It's I too said, aggressive. I almost said Death Tones. <laughs> like I, and like, I was like, wait, that's wrong. <laughs> that is. Um, Do you ever listen to the Death Tones while you joke? I don't. I really don't. Wow. Gonna, how, how far are we? In? Okay. Not... not not three minutes and we're already here. <laughs> like this, no, this is not a, you know, put the top down on my car, like cruise the highways at night song for sure. But I think, look, so many of the songs that are on the bracket, we go, this was an experiment. 
the idea might have been sound, might not. Either way, he didn't get where he was going. Yeah. This is one where he has an idea. I I understand it. He tries to make something like off the Willie and Whalen tape. I think he got there. I think he got reasonably close. I mean, it's not like one of these, like, love is the answer where it's like, okay, he's trying to do this world music thing and it does not congeal into anything resembling what he wanted. But this one, the, the sonics, the, the feel of the song is right down where, what he wanted to do. Okay, and I get what you're saying and I get your defense of it, but it's just not Weezer. Oh, 100%. And look, I'm not defending... I'm not saying it shouldn't be on the bracket at all. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I think you're saying you're surprised that it it went past the first round. I'm surprised we're talking about it right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think we're going to be talking about it any further than this <laughs> because it's up against Heart Songs, which is one of, I think I've said before, and I will c- continue to say it, one of my least favorite Weezer songs. I And it's interesting. I'm not, I don't like the song. I definitely don't like the song at all but i'm not as harsh on it as you are i just don't you like i hate, hate the, this from the bottom I of hate your the construction gut. Of, yeah i do i do it just for me like your posture changes when you bring the song up <laughs> it's just like i hate the whole idea of it I, I i think it's the laziest kind of songwriting which is just references you know what i'm saying yeah. it, it's just referential like songwriting it's hold on but i mean some of the greatest songs of all are just references like what give me we didn't start the fire well, I've con- I've said multiple times that this is kind of Weezer's "We Didn't Start the Fire." I've said this, said that in the last episode. I like "We Didn't Start the Fire." Uh, those are people who died. <laughs> <laughs> There's a new song from the 1975 that reminds me of this sort of kind of thing. Oh, I haven't heard it. It's, it's pretty decent. It's better than this. I like them. Here's something I noticed this time with going over these lyrics with a fine tooth comb. There's the whole, and I, I'm sure he's mean to do this, but it's kind of a weird one. It's like where he goes, Debbie Gibson, tell me what that you think we're all alone. It's kind of a weird lyric because it's like a miss from remembering it because like it's Debbie Gibson, then it's like the Tiffany song because like, it's like combining like Debbie Gibson and Tiffany. Well, it was a cover when Tiffany did it. Yeah, but it's a, it's a Tommy and the Chandelier, so it's like a '60s song. But so, but did Debbie Gibson have a cover? No, in? no, no, not at all. No, I think that song is phenomenal. By the way, the Tiffany song. Well, the Tommy and the Chandelier. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, I think though they're both excellent versions. Yeah, they're both great, but it just seems like it's the I, Weird Al version's not bad too. <laughs> it just seems kind of weird, and I, I think it's on purpose, obviously, because he he did enough research that he's like com- combining the two. Because there was a very in the eighties, there was a you know Debbie Gibson versus Tiffany sort of competition. You, sh- God, I want to give him all the doubt in the world and say it's intentional. I don't, th- I don't think he's that. He could make that much of a fuck up. I don't want to believe so either. But no. I mean, he is still human, as much as we deify. And the him. whole, th- and the whole, that whole section of the song is talking. He's talking about like his love of Quiet Riot and how it got it started on like his you know banger headbanger phase and whatnot. Yeah. But then he kind of mentions that he's also listening to the radio still and like taking in things like Debbie Gibson and like Tiffany. So that that's kind of the whole point of that song narratively. Yeah. Which is weird that I'm saying there's a narrative and trust <laughs> to this song. Yeah, I mean, there's a loose one. I mean, it's not the same as its clear inspiration as We Didn't Start the Fire. But there is something as like, here's my musical progression. And let me also just give props to Rivers. Like, 
Rivers has never been the fuck pop music guy. Oh, absolutely not. Which, I mean, I'm sure you went through. I definitely went through, like, in my high school years when it's, like, really into, like, punk rock and stuff like that. You know, there seems to be, like, if you are someone with a creative bent or a rebellious tinge to you, you just want to say, fuck pop music, fuck the corporate manufactured stuff. And... Fortunately, most people eventually come around to say, "Oh my God, the machine works." He's always been obsessed with. He's always been obsessed with what's popular, and he's been known to break it down. Oh yeah, but I will say, I think, but this song also kind of he probably was doing the thing a lot of us do, where he does have he was in love with stuff like Quiet Riot, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, but he was secretly also listening to the radio at that time and kind of enjoying it, but not being able to fully um, admit it. If that makes sense, yeah, he was probably a little ashamed that he liked those songs as much as he did at the time. He got over that, I think, eventually and fully embraced it. Do you think he was ashamed? So the lyrics go like this exactly. Quiet Riot got me started with the banging of my head. Iron Maiden, Juice Priest, and Slayer taught me how to, to shred. I gotta admit, though, sometimes I would listen to the radio. So it seems like he's almost saying, like, you know... I'm guessing he was saying he was a closeted pop music fan at the time. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of like he's alluding to a little bit with that lyric, I think. And he's like, Michael Jackson in the mirror, gotta have faith if you want to see clear, which is a George Michael reference. Oh, yeah. We got some uh, Fresh Prince references, some Rick Astley. Rivers was amazingly ahead of the time. Uh, who, who, I mean, he had to make this. When did Red Album come out? It came out in 2009. Yeah. Rick Roll was already a thing. If that's what you're It trying. was? Oh, yeah. Rick Roll's been around for a while. God. I hate the internet. I was going to make a joke that we should just make this the new Rick Roll. So instead. <laughs> hard songs. Yeah, you just have to play, start playing hard songs. No, it, it only works with Rick Rolling because Rick Rolling was. That song was always such a, like. Oh, it's always been yeah. in the public eye somehow. I remember there was this like website you could go to and you could put a phone number in and it would call the number and it would rickroll them. And I put my mom's number in and it called her and you know she did it and I'm like, hey mom, how about that phone call? She goes, yeah, it just played some really nice music. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Does like Rick Astley still tour and stuff? Oh, I'm you know I'm sure he's playing Indian casinos and cruises and yeah I'm sure he's doing small shows. Oh yeah, he's touring the UK right now. You can go see him in Glasgow or Manchester. Uh, he has a new album out. Jesus, honest question: What you see Rick Astley tour? Does he close with Never Gonna Give You Up, or does he come back and do it as the encore? Or is he one of those that doesn't do it? Oh, he has to do it. But you know, you would think that like. Not a surf has to do popular, but they won't do it. You know what? It. Fuck this. I'm, I'm figuring this. I'm looking up setlist.com right now. <laughs> I think he's just releasing these albums in the UK because uh, his website is rickastley.co.uk. I think he's just one of those who's given up on the American market, you know, like Cliff Richards or any of those people. I think he's basically built himself a cottage industry in the UK and it doesn't matter. Okay. I got it. All right. This is um so this is from the House of Blues in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, guess when he played this date? I don't know. April. April of this year? Yeah. Oh wow, okay. So and guess where do you think he so where do you think he played it? I'm thinking he tucks it in the middle. No. He closes on the after the encore. It was the final song of the encore. Yeah, that makes sense. So Oh my god, he has a bunch of covers. I think he has a lot of material, but not a lot of it is known in the U.S., so he has to do that. 
So he, he basically has Never Gonna Give You Up and Together Forever. And then what What else? Nothing else. Uh, yeah, he does Together Forever, the second you, song of the night. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Like, what's he open with? Uh, this Old House. I have no idea what that no. is. So can I tell you some of the covers he's doing on this tour? Wait, wait. Is This Old House the uh, theme song to the old Bob Vila? <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I saw so much of that show growing up because my mom was obsessed with it, so it was always playing in the house. Yeah, it was playing a lot in my house, and we didn't really have any idea to fix up the house. My mom was pretty handy; like she basically remodeled my our whole house. But anyhow, it always pissed me off because I saw him as Tim Taylor's main arch nemesis. <laughs> anyhow, let me tell you some of these covers Rick Astley's playing. Oh my god. So he's, he does a cover of Ed Sheeran's uh, Shape of You. That, why? <laughs> it gets weirder. All right. He does a cover of ACDC's Highway to Hell. What? He does a cover of Rihanna's Take Me to Your Heart, We Found Love. I don't know, Take Me to Your Heart. I don't know, but... But We Found Love is one of the best dance one records more, ever made. There's one more. It's actually a song I was pimping on Twitter this week. It was, it's uh, Everlong. <laughs> <laughs> Can we stop this? I really want to fucking hear his version of Everlong. Yes. Uh, yes. We're going to go uh, listen to uh, Rick Astley's version of Everlong. We'll be right back. Well, we did that. That was something. Well, by basic definition, it's a lifeless cover, not that interesting. No. Rick Astley plays guitar. I didn't know that. You know who would have done a better version? Who? That guy who grabbed onto you at the Rustic the other day. <laughs> who was that? That guy who just wanted to sing Everlong with you. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Everlong came on at this bar we go to. And Andrew kind of starts singing along, and then this like huge guy comes out of nowhere, like trying to rock the fuck out. And then we're like, uh, I wasn't really having it. No, none of us were. And he then he just kind of backed away. <laughs> well, that's the best way for that to end. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, I think I'm ready to vote. There's not much of a contest here. Yeah. Time flies. You're, goodbye. Because congratulations, hard song. Time has flown away for time flies Ooh. I, I don't look, I, try it again time, time has flown the coop time is time has expired yeah all right we'll go with that anyway hard songs won <laughs> round two the other way off of make-believe I have many fears about rejection I have many memories of pain I have always been a little shy so I'll turn and look the other way other way versus 
Thank God for Girls. Off of Weezer, the White Album. I complained a lot about Thank God for Girls when we talked about it last. Of course you did. It it really is a song that made me miss out for a while on one of their better albums. But I have to give Rivers some credit for it. What's that? It's hard. We have a lot of friends who do this. It's getting harder and harder to be a Lena Dunham defender. And Rivers making a whole song just saying, look, this <laughs> show was a gift. You know, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it takes that's a lot of courage to stand up and say, hey, listen, she may have gotten rid of like three dogs and now has another one for some reason. Justice for Lambie. But you know what? The show was good. Who was the uh, NFL star? What? The NFL star. Who was the who was it? <laughs> the Odell Beckham <laughs> Jr. incident. <laughs> the Odell Beckham Jr. incident still was like the funniest incident. <laughs> uh, it was also funny because I just remember I was just made up the story that Jack Antonoff was a huge New York Giants fan. <laughs> so anyhow, I do have a question about this because I was thinking about this. What's something else in your like life that like something you once loved and there was that that final straw where you're just like I'm done. This is this is that final straw. Huh. I don't know because I think I mean you kind of ambushed me on this one. Uh sorry. No, it's fine. I think the way most people work over their lives is I think there's very few actual final straws. Yeah. I think there are more in interpersonal relationships. That's true. Those I can definitely name a few, but I won't. It's probably uh, a good like, decision. You know, I don't need to be petty like that. You know, <laughs> but I think when it comes to especially entertainment, I think we have more of slow fades where our interest just wanes. You know, I agree. Like I never, you know, I loved Battlestar Galactica for a long time, and that final season. It just became more and more days between when I would watch the episodes, and I never actually finished it. That's actually a good point, though. I think that maybe possibly there, I think you're right how things wane, but I think with TV shows recently, and especially with the, the amount of media that we take in, there have been a lot of final straws with certain shows where it's like, I'm done with this show. There's no reason for me to continue watching. There's really horrible episodes where I just don't see it coming back, and I'm just like, yeah. And I, I kind of make my, my stand because of that. See, with me, it's just the opposite where I, I just kind of drag out and then I start something else. Yeah. You know, like, look, I think anybody our age or within 20 years, either direction has this with The Simpsons. Yeah, I knew you were about to say that. There's not a this is the final straw for me. There's a number of episodes I can point to. I'm like, that should have been. That's true. Like, I mean, you make a half hour of television as unredeemable as the jockeys. I don't even know which one that one is. The Simpsons buy a horse for like, I think the second or third time. And then they, they go and they find that jockeys are like these like elf race people that are... It, like and the horse is like Dennis Rodman in the late nineties. Like sounds, it has color. Sounds horrible. It, it is unbelievably bad, and it's like you know, there's a lot of bad episodes of 
I guess it's even now middle period Simpsons because the thing fucking won't die. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine it lasting like another 10 years. But like there's like terrible, terrible, terrible episodes in like season 14. But at least they have a couple of jokes here and there, something amusing, something like that. Like this was one that just had nothing. I don't I, know where it fell. I, in the think whole it, thing. I think it could end in the near future. If number so number one, they're having to pay every all the like all the voice talent so much money now. In the uh, so I feel like that's just not gonna be worth it sometime in the future. You would think that. I mean, you would have thought that the movie killed it. I know, but here's the second thing I will think. By the way, the movie happened. Most people, I forget that. The so movie happened often. a decade ago. What? Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. Like, I forget that it happened. The movie happened a decade ago, and it, it felt so, like, old by that time. At that time. So, but, like, here's the thing. You know, I think what else could possibly kill it? What? The Disney Fox merger. I don't know about that. I just feel like. Number one, I don't know what happens with everything when this fucking thing happens. I think what happens with that is that you have Simpsons Land in Disneyland. And basically, they have another angle to exploit it. I think they can find more angles to make it, you know, children friendly, yeah. and have, you know, theme park this and like giant man in suit Bart Simpsons and shit like that. I think if you want, it, I think you really see that property being completely fucking gouged of any. I a hundred percent agree with you in that sense. But I also feel, think they might feel like there's no need for the show still to exist. You, you know, current like Simpsons. I'll say this: like for Fox has tended to have a short leash on every other show they've put forth. That show has to be making, still making a lot. Oh, it's because of, of them. it's not because yeah, but it's all the merchandising. It's all like merchandising. I, I don't know, know yeah. that. I mean, I've heard. I, some, look, some if so, things, someone yeah. could easily tell me. That it's still like a top fifteen rated show that Fox has, and I would completely believe it. I don't think they. How many shows do they have? I don't fucking know. I barely <laughs> watch network television. Okay. <laughs> I mean, look, look how quickly they have pulled so many other shows. Yeah. And this one lingers on, and it, I mean, it's not a cheap show to make. Oh, actually, now it is with computer animation. Like if you look at how lifeless the animation is, and but it looks like all those fucking flash cartoons that but Adult Swim started. It's with. not cheap because it's a thirty-year-old show at this point. With where they've had to keep paying these voice actors who are getting paid an extraordinary amount for it. So, but, yeah. but I'm saying, like in the '90s, the cost of animation was so much. When it had to all be done by hand, even when you out, outsourced it to Asia, that was still an expensive program to make. I have something to say about Thank God for Girls. Oh, yeah. We're talking about Weezer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I was going through the uh, genius annotations of it. Yeah. And there's this lyric, I'm so glad I got a girl that think of even though she isn't mine. I think about her all the day and all the night. It's enough to know that she's alive. Mm-hmm. So apparently he wrote this lyric. In 1997. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. What do you think like his catalog system's like? Like, how do you think he keeps all this information? So, in case he wants to recycle it. Well, I think now it's pretty modern. Yeah, I think that lyric he probably found an old notebook of his in the garage and flipped through it and goes, "Hey, you know, that's actually pretty good. I can still use that somewhere." 
this is also like so much just demonstrates his like songwriting method right now which is so you know just like kind of chopped up and like re-edited and just like yes and no i will say this like we've we've pointed out the odd cobbling of songs together that where things don't fit as much as i dislike this song and believe me i do this song is more co- more cohesive than most. It's got a weird narrative to it. it. I mean, look, it has a weird narrative, but it has one instead of just being parts of supposed emotions that just kind of sit there and don't interact. Uh, the guitar parts, you know, the verses lead to the chorus, which and it doesn't feel like two things just glued together. You know, they feel like they were written at the same time. Even if these lyrics were recycled from earlier, I mean, which happens to anybody who has creative undertaking that you pull something that you had a decade earlier, you know, and put it now. Now, now I finally found a home for it. This song feels like it was made almost in an old manner where he sat down and over the course of the day or two days or however long, built a song from scratch instead of going to his Google sheet and taking, oh, you know what? I'm going to take melody 316 and verse 420 and um, hook 69 and put them together, and that's a song. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with that. It still kind of feels like that jumbled version of, like, I think, like, Maybe the writing method of the lyrics, but I can see still with like the chorus, you know, the set, you know, like it being that the way he's I, kind of like I disagree, like, the, like like his song exploder kind of demonstrated basically, right? And I, you know, even the songs I like on this album do feel uh, cobbled together in that manner. I feel this is his most cohesive. It feels like he actually wrote this the old school way. I mean, he could have, which is weird because you hate this song. And I, I do hate this song. <laughs> and as much as I'm like, I wish he wrote songs in the old way. Look, the method does not necessarily which method he used doesn't necessarily determine the output. I mean, for all we know, songs on Blue and Pinkerton could have been cobbled together from parts of songs he wrote for other bands or whatever you know it's entirely possible i doubt it but it is entirely within the realm of possibility the other way so we've talked about this a lot but i kind of want to go back to it from the this is the one he wrote about jennifer chiba after elliot smith killed himself yeah and i was thinking about this and it's so weird because we've talked a lot like about how there's no specificity to a lot of those songs on Mm make-believe i will say this one's very specific. Incredibly, it's a very so. specific emotion and a very specific like thing that's clearly going on with him, you know, which is like this feeling of wanting to con- console someone, but also feeling gross because you don't know what your like ulterior motives might be. Right, you you're worried that you might be um, preying on someone who's uh, emotionally vulnerable, and you might be trying to obviously. I think he's worried about his own like intentions. Yeah. And I think it's kind of a weird song, and it makes it more interesting than a lot of the other songs on Make Believe because of that. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. It's also kind of gross, but I think it's also like self-aware that it's gross in the way that a lot of like songs on Pinkerton are gross in that way. This song harkens back to his, I am a monster who cannot control myself exactly. feeling. Exactly. It's not like kind of gross in the way like, I'm your daddy's gross. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, and this is a genuine emotion I believe him to have. Yeah. So wait, so did he have this laying around from that era, or did he... 
No, it was it, new. It, it was like written. I mean, it couldn't. It had to, if it was if he it was like probably written like in that year or two. Right. Okay. Yeah. It still sounds like a late '90s alt rock song, though. Well, you can't change like that. What the the music sounds like. <laughs> no, but it's weird that he has this genuine emotion coming that really harkens back to some of his best output, and he expresses it through. He expresses it sonically in a way that doesn't fit where he was then and doesn't fit where he was previously and it doesn't fit where he would go. I will say, I'm only thinking about this of the song because I did some research. If I didn't know the background behind behind it, I think it might just sound sound as bland and as like bullshit as the other songs. I think that's why we put it in the bracket. (laughs) Yeah. But I I do find it very interesting. There is not a specificity to the lyrics in the way that like there's a specificity specificity to something like Across the Sea. Yeah. And that's what makes Across the Sea kind of weird and gross and so interesting and you can't help but be so drawn into it. While this song, there's no specificity in the lyrics and it just sounds kind of bland but, I mean, doing research, obviously, it opens it up a little bit. Right, but do you think that onus should be on the listener to have to research? No, I absolutely don't think yeah. it should be on the listener to have to research. I just don't, I mean, I think it's interesting if you are willing to do the research like I am, and it op- obviously opens it up. But I think it's a failure of the song because I had to do the research to do, for it to open up like that. How did he put that forth? Uh, you mean like that information? Yeah, he came out in like a series of like interviews right before. Like I forget who interviewed him, but they actually basically interviewed the entire band, and he just kind of opened up about it, about how he it was about her because she was an ex girlfriend of his. I mean, this song still feels like it'd be in the background of like a mid nineties Ben Stiller movie, like one of the serious ones. It's it, I think it kind of it bridges the gap between like late 90s alt-rock and quite kind of like also what was going on this in the scene of the alt-rock at, during the mid-aughts to early aughts it's got some like all-american rejects kind of sound to it it kind of does go from that it goes from something that would have been on like it feels like it would be like in something about mary or i could see it being in like an american pie movie yeah definitely there we go yeah yeah like they're just like hanging out at a party and that song is in the background Unlike now, where there's a movie out where they're at a party and happy hour is in the background. So that's almost like, it's used almost satirically, though, isn't it? Uh, not really, because I... It's like yeah, that, yes and no. Are they going to kind of like a bunch of white people, rich white people's party? Yeah, and I get the concept of playing... We're talking about blind spotting, by the way, which is fucking great, by the way. You should see it. The, so conceptually, like playing a Weezer song there... It fits in completely. The problem is that it's happy hour, which to your casual listener or your general audience, they're not going to know it. They're not going to identify it as a Weezer song. Yeah. Even if you know Rivers' voice, it doesn't sound much like his own voice on that song. Like it's kind of filtered and pitched and whatever. Yeah, I think we're the only people who know that song. Though when it was playing at our friend's wedding, I I think we were the only people who noticed that it was played. (laughs) But no, but getting back to like your uh, the original point and how we got there, um, yeah, this song kind of does sound like it would be. It actually sounds bad enough to be not even like on like American Pie one, two, or three, but like one of the American Pie direct the DVD spinoff movies. Oh, one of the National Lampoon ones. No, they didn't. No, those were different. Those were um like. 
that's Van Wilder that's, and, like, they did, and they did a bunch of other like yeah they did a lot of movies but, there, but the, the, um, but the um, American Pie had their own brand that were they sold one like every year it came out like the day after Christmas there's like American Pie like the Naked Mile I think there's American Pie Naked Mile too they're generally about the Stifler family and like the like Stifler's descendants I had a friend who would buy them all and we'd watch them and they were always bad but they're kind of like watchful bad in the way like a bad like 80s comedy is you know like a bad 80s like college movie yeah like that's why i confused it with all those national the later yeah, like the this, much later period national lampoon there's they're similar you're they're very similar to that um and there there's like a bunch of national lampoons. those those national lampoons ones were even worse than like the american pie i movies. just remember seeing the cover for national lampoon senior trip where they have the lincoln Mon- memorial holding a beer and him saying cool <laughs> <laughs> like i always like thought about that process i was like okay he's got a beer yeah what if he says cool <laughs> that way the person looking at the movie goes whoa this movie is cool you know i got really interested in i saw i watched the first meatballs like last because it's on amazon prime you watched it because of Gotti. That's that was part of the influence, but it's also I, yeah, but it's also on uh, Amazon Prime. And I, I really, I've always really loved camp movies. It's kind of like a genre of film that I've always been a little obsessed with. But I had never seen the sequels to Meatballs, and they're weird. Didn't someone crazy direct Meatballs too? Uh, I'm not sure who directed it, but there's like an alien in it that they're like having to what? hide from the from the like the counselors and like yeah, it's like that's a subplot in the movie. It's not the plot of the movie. It's a subplot where there's this alien, this weird what, looking. What alien. is so important that is like the a plot of this movie? <laughs> it's like the, I'm just guessing it's like it's a standard like plant, like camp plot. Yeah, I'm sure it's like two counselors are in love, but they can't reveal it. Some shit. Yeah, like shit that. like that. <laughs> that's crazy whoa I, yeah this I, alien stuff's weird but like hey these two guys got the hots for each other the plot for meatballs 3 is even weirder hit me so they it's not the same kid but they bring back the original like geek kind of like main kid from the first meatballs as like he's a counselor now okay but he's a virgin and it starts off with this porn star dying and she goes to the gates of heaven and they said, your time is not done. You must go back to earth and make sure this kid gets laid before you're like allowed into heaven. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to fat. <laughs> <laughs> you don't believe me? No, I know you're telling the truth, but God, I just don't want to believe you. Dude, 80s comedies like it were so bizarre. Like Anything that was up on USA up all night, a lot <laughs> of those movies were crazy. I mean, that's how they got to up Have all you ever night. watched Sapped? Zapped? Yeah, Zapped, the Scott Bale like eighties movie. I I don't think so. Maybe it's so fucking bad. I've I've seen all these movies. Anyhow, thank God for girls fucking sucks. And yeah, just sort of to go to the next round. Yeah, like there's no contest here. That song is terrible. Yeah. So the other way is going. Wait for it. The other way. It's going out of the bracket instead of up. Thank God for girls enters the sweet sixteen. The sweet sixteen. God. We're almost there, Andrew. Round three. Let it all hang out. Off of Ratitude. I was driving this morning inside and traffic all the way to work, work. Soon as I got in my boss was Freaking jerk, jerk. Me and my girl ain't speaking weeks, and I can't remember the reason why. 
is Da Vinci. Off of Everything Will Be Alright in the End. sure you have feelings for because of your love of Jermaine Dupri. I wouldn't say I have feelings for. Uh, you have like you have butterflies in your stomach when you listen to it. I mean look, this is clearly the worst of the two Jermaine Dupri Weezer songs. Oh yes. I mean cuz I mean number 1 the other one can't stop partying is maybe the greatest song ever written. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just stopped there. I thought that was implied. <laughs> You know, it's basically like neck and neck with God only knows. The uh, uh, Subway $5 foot long jingle, <laughs> which uh, Ron Artest, he was Ron Artest at the time, said it was his favorite song and that you should play it in the clubs. That along with the uh, freecreditscore.com jingle. Have you ever heard that quote before? I remember the first part about the Subway song. Yeah. I feel like I've probably told you that story because it's one of my favorite stories ever about him. Really? I thought your uh, favorite story about him was when he went into the stands and assaulted fans. I mean, yeah, I think it's one of the most important sports stories of all time. And I would kill for a killer like 30 for 30 on it or any really in-depth documentary about the... I mean, the NBA will just never participate. I know. I feel like someday they're going to have to. Maybe on like the 50th anniversary or something like that. <laughs> they're just trying to keep themselves so away from it. And I mean, why wouldn't you? The thing is, you can't I erase mean, it. The Rolling Stones kind of distanced from that uh, concert where the Hell's Angels stabbed a guy in the yeah, brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's like a documentary about it that they're in. Yeah, didn't they like sue or something like that? No, I don't think so. It's like the Maisels. It's Give Me Shelter. Yeah. I thought they tried to do something to keep that under wraps, though. I don't know. Let It All Hang Out does at least sound like a Weezer song. Yes. So, Da Vinci, I actually like musically the chorus. I think the hook is solid. Okay, I hate the lyrics. I think it sounds like a Weezer song. I think it does in the chorus. In the chorus, in I the think the entire thing sounds like a Weezer song. I think the uh, the the verses sound like the Wobbles, that band for kids. They sing about like fruit salad or stuff. I only know about them through memes, which is another reason why I fucking hate memes. Um, <laughs> I don't see it not sounding like a Weezer song at all. I, it has the whistling, which I think is trying this like almost twee avenue and. Because it's not like trying like so much a Beach Boys like sort of whistling motif. This sound. This seems like the Electric Company. This seems like this so, seems like a Sesame Street. I know Street that, but the song. whistling's like pretty. Only kind of starts it off, and it never really comes back. So it, it feels like it, you can't really hold it that much against the song. But it's it, like literally uh, like also, two seconds of the I'm song. But I'm saying also that, and also just the single string guitar chords. It just seems like almost like a guitar teaching lesson. Bow, 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 bow. 
I mean, like, it seems like a simple campfire song, you know. I can kind of hear it. I mean, I guess the thing that I would complain about the most is that I looked you up on ancestry dot com lyric. <laughs> uh, can you look up other people on it? I thought you could only like look up yourself. Yeah, I don't think you have I that. have no I, idea I, how it works. I've never used it. I don't care. I think like at one point there was because after Back to the Shack, they were unsure of what the second single should be, which is so insane because Back to the Shack says you should put forth your most classic Weezer sounding song. But I mean, that is the thesis statement that you put forth with Back to the Shack. I think they asked the fan club, because I remember getting an email asking them what we thought the uh, second single should be. I forget what I voted for. But it's also like what would have been a strong single from I don't think, I mean like, like, I don't think they ever pushed it though. I mean like I think they, I don't even know how you, it never had a music video, it never had any like real push so I don't even know how you could call something the second single unless... I mean, no, you release it as a single. Yeah. And that's how it is. I mean, so many singles come out without these pushes, without the videos, uh, just for sheer stance of chasing good money after bad. Yeah. Da Vinci was not going to be the song that turned around sales of everything will be all right. Yeah. What would you have chosen? Well, I was thinking that, and I was just like, there's not really a great single as going along with my Back to the Shack says that you should put forth a very classic Weezer-sounding song. None of these are super convincing. I could understand if they put out Cleopatra as much yeah. as I do- dislike that it was song. Like, it's weird. The, 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 the release of the album is like, they, there were songs that weren't released as singles, but they were released ahead of times so with like, you know, like lyric videos. Yeah. Which is kind of a weird thing anymore where there aren't singles to a lot of albums, but they will release them ahead of time to build up anticipation for the album so they feel like singles, but they no. aren't. No, that's their singles. Like, because the, they but put out the not, lyric video, and you can buy it. But on they did that iTunes. for Cleopatra, but they don't count it as a single. Okay, that's weird. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm, I'm being like very specific about. I've seen this happen sometimes recently with a lot of bands. Oh, at this point, they had already put out Cleopatra as a single. This is their uh, Da Vinci was their third. Okay, uh, and it follows up Cleopatra. So I get, I understand that at least. Then it's kind of like this motif of historical figures. I feel like they also had released The British Are Coming. The British Are Coming is a, a better song. I just don't know that Did it we put has... The, we didn't put The British Are Coming on this podcast. I no, because no, I really like that song. It always kind of sounds like a They Might Be Giants song a little <laughs> bit, though. But I just don't see that song performing as a single because it's overly long. It's very weird. Yeah. Lonely Girl, maybe you could put that out as a single. I Lonely guess. Girl, I guess. Lonely Girl sounds like a Green Album song more than anything yeah, else. Yeah, I think that's you're most logical to put out after Back to the Shack. I don't know. This is not a very singles-driven record. No. So I was reading the uh, Genius Annotations for uh, Let It All Hang Out, Mm -hmm. and this is what someone wrote on it. This was just a random person. Simple as it seems, gratitude is an open book. Rivers just wanted to leave behind the troubles of the weekend, fade into the fun of the weekend. (laughs) You know, with people, with user annotation, I'm just glad it says, like, yep, Rivers Cuomo was pulling his dick out for everyone to see. (laughs) I I do love the line, simple as it seems, gratitude is an open book. (laughs) I've never thought of calling gratitude an open book before. I mean, a book kind of implies that it's a little more dense. If anything, gratitude is an open pamphlet. I'd say. Have you like checked out the lyrics ever? Like one of my favorites is me and JD chilling in the shack, sharing chiclets from the same pack. Number one, the shack. 
Yeah. I, I, a recurring theme uh, in uh, Weezer music. Let me ask a question. Who do you think JD is? JD? Yeah. Is it, uh, I, Jimmy Dolan. Jimmy Dolan? You think he's, he's hanging out with Jimmy D- James Dolan? James Dolan, because of JD and the Straight Shot. <laughs> Everyone's favorite band. Do you think Rivers is a huge fan of that band? Oh, he has to be. Have you ever listened to that band? I've seen and I've seen videos of him performing. It's so bad. Just because, like, wait, wait, he's super rich. I mean, they're great. Sponsor our show. <laughs> Coward. I wonder if, there, if there's a real JD or that's just a name he made up. Uh, Maybe it's JD from uh, Scrubs. <laughs> Zach Braff's character. Oh my god, I want them to hang out so bad. Maybe it's JD from the Howard Stern show. I'm trying to think of anyone in like Weezer history who has the initials JD. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think. I can't no, I can't place anybody. Maybe it's code for Matt Sharp. <laughs> Please. Let me see your detective work how you, how you got there. There's none. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt we needed to mention him. It's true. Oh, JD Salinger. Uh, yeah, he's a huge J.D. Salinger fan. He was alive. Well, he was a famous for Recluse, but yeah, he was alive. The references in Da Vinci, it kind of feels like Rivers had finally just gotten to really use a computer. Like he finally learned how to use a computer. And then he's just like trying to relate to kids. Like, hey, I was on Ancestry.com. He's always... And then I used Rosetta Stone, huh? Huh? I, I guess, but he's always been very pretty uh, online. And no, I know, I know. I'm saying what it feels like. I know to the contrary that it is not possible to yeah. be true, but it feels like someone who just like got onto something. You know, you remember like back in the day when people would get on the internet and then if they knew you were online, they'd try to like reference like, hey man, that yahoo.com, you can find yeah. anything on there, yeah. AOL, you've got mail. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the old days where you could where you, you couldn't use the phone like when you was yeah. like yeah yeah Jesus that sucked and like how are you paying for internet like I remember you'd get like what you'd, you'd get, get like, a number of hours and you'd get like, and then if you had overages you paid like a certain yeah rate. yeah that's right and you can get all those but there were so many of those free AOL like you know thirty minutes you know they <laughs> thirty hours yeah yeah um. No, the internet's come a long way. It was so slow back in the day. Yeah. You would wait for like, you would wait like 10 minutes for one web page to like upload. And if you wanted to interact with a famous person, you had to wait until they did a chat and like figure out time zones and stuff, which I was never good at. And then, you know, you told them that they suck <laughs> and then you got booted. And now you've got Twitter where you can just get up on online all day and just tell Nick, Dr. Oz that he sucks. <laughs> I used to go on the celebrities like web page back when I was like 13. Yeah, when 12. celebrities had web pages, like you'd go to Sandra Bullock is like, oh, wow. I was, she's I was making a movie about When the I was internet. 12 or 13, I would, I would go on one because I had a real crush on her. I'd go on her web chat and sometimes she'd come on. Probably not really her. Who? Do you want to know? Yeah. It was Shannon Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> Like 2000, 2001, I would say it was, yeah. Wow. 2002, probably. I was like, I was like so I was like 14, 13, 14. Let's look at what her website looks like now. Okay. I bet it doesn't exist anymore. Was it just shannonelizabeth.com? Yeah. No one has like websites anymore because they just have like, you know, Instagrams and like, and Twitter. Yeah, someone was talking about this on Twitter. Oh, no, she has it. What the fuck? 
She's like kissing like a, a rhinoceros that had its. Yeah, I think remember horn, back in the day. I think she's a, she's a huge like animal, you know, like yeah, animal rights activist, giving a voice to those who don't have one, and she's posing all sexy with a microphone. Jesus. No, but someone was talking about this. Like, I, oh my God, she's. Let's let's click one acting. Let's see this acting. What's Gigby? <laughs> I don't. I don't know what this is. <laughs> Acting has been a big part of my life for as long as I can remember now. I have many past projects that have helped shape who I am today and upcoming ones that are even more meaningful. But this is only one facet of who I am. It's my job and I love what I do. I get to play make-believe, tell a story, and sometimes learn other professions in the process. And hopefully along the way, I can either touch someone's life in a significant way, like she did yours, (laughs) (laughs) or possibly even help them escape for a period of time to a space of peace or perhaps even laughter. When was the last time you saw Shannon Elizabeth in anything? Oh, I can tell you what it was. Yeah? Uh, American Pie Reunion. Didn't see it. American Reunion. Didn't see it. Oh, my God. She was on King of the Hill, apparently? She probably probably did voice. that. Yeah, did voice. Uh, she was um, no, yeah. she's, no, no. She's the only live action element. <laughs> King of the Hill. <laughs> oh my god! So scrolling down on her website, you know what the last one I've actually watched? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Have you ever seen Tomcats? No. Do you remember Tomcats? I mean, I didn't see it. It's like so Jerry I O'Connell. I remember, the, I remember the video cover and just seeing Jerry Jerry O'Connell. It's like oh, there's boy. like a big like there's a big like set piece where one of the dudes loses his testicles and he's like chasing it down the hallway. She was on Arliss. Hell yeah! The, wait, this is a picture of an Arliss DVD, but we but Arliss isn't available anywhere. I didn't think so. There was there might have been a great greatest hits of Arliss available. What is her Ganesha? Pet health, chance and jewelry. What the fuck is going? Meditation, veget. Wow, this is like so. This is kind of actually pretty cool because this is like harkening back to like the really old websites where it's just like you just put up everything about you, like all your favorite shit. I feel like this is like Shannon Elizabeth's goop. Severely less profitable, yeah. But yeah, hold on. She has a diary on here. When was the last update? Uh, <laughs> uh, February 22nd, 2016. And she was sharing a vegan dinner recipe. Oh, Jesus. But, like, I kind of miss the old useless internet, where it's just, like, a fan page about something stupid, like a tree or an intersection or something like that. Like, people would just make up the dumbest shit and put it online. You know, like, they they would just make up something stupid as hamster dance. Yeah. And, like, you would look at that for, like, fucking years because the memes of that time had, a, like, a longer life cycle. I remember like, you would just put it on, like, I figured out how to change user passwords on my school computers to, like, lock people out. And so, like, me and my friends, we all did it at the end of a class where we put them all on hamster dance with full volume and then locked people out. So they had to, like, turn off the computers. I mean, it's dumb shit, like... I just remember, like, um, I would say when we got really good internet access when we when I was like twelve, the summer of ninety nine, and like the only things I was looking up were like movie websites. So like, did you see the like Blair Witch website? Yeah, I think I saw that. Like that one was. Yeah, I, I, I think I started reading like movie websites like later that year, but I, but I was like going to like you know like StarWars.com. 
Yeah, yeah. I think I went. Like I, th- I think I went to like Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, <laughs> movie page like a lot back then. Yeah, I, th- that's like all it was. I was also twelve years old, so I didn't know how to like really navigate that all that well. And like, I mean, you figured it out. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I figured it out incredibly well in like the next year or so. But it was like it when you you're still I'm still a twelve year old trying to find my way. But like now, it's just like you don't even go to websites. You just open up like five. You open up like Facebook, Twitter. LinkedIn, if you're looking for work, or um, yeah, other thing, yeah, Gmail, and then like maybe your bank or something like that, or maybe eBay if you're YouTube, you know, sometimes, YouTube yeah, YouTube, YouTube and stuff like that. You look up like seven sites, and that's it. And then it's like if you go to something else, you're pushed to it by one of those. It's I can't believe how small the internet's become after all these promises of it being big. Yeah. Anyhow, I guess I don't have much to say about these songs because we got we got really <laughs> sidetracked. I mean, what is there to say about Let It All Hang Out? It sounds like the most generic possible Weezer song. Yeah. Even though it's not completely written by Rivers, I think it's Jermaine trying to... Jermaine coming to Rivers and coming to his methods instead of pulling him towards his methods on Can't Stop Party. Jermaine Dupree, correct? Yeah. Not Jermaine Lucier. No, because it's not about Funko Pops. (laughs) (laughs) Or Lego. It, did, it yielded a completely unremarkable song, which is the best thing I can say for it. And they didn't continue collaborating. Da Vinci is a kind of rudderless song that has a decent enough message. It has some insights into his creative process, kind of, um, but doesn't amount to much either. Yeah. Sometimes we have like some real heavy hitter, awful songs on the bracket and then we just have these ones that just don't go anywhere and these are always the more frustrating ones these had potential to go somewhere you know thank god for girls was never going to be a great song no these could have but they weren't no anyhow i'm voting for let it all hang out i'm voting for da vinci oh god all right well we know how we're going to settle this one Yep. To the phones. Guess we're calling Spence. Yep. All right. Oops. Hey, Spence. How's Yo, it going? Yo, what's up? I'm, oh, <laughs> you figured it out. Yeah, I'm with Andrew. What's up? And, uh,. We got a little Weezer dilemma. Yeah. Woo. Um, I have to look up the songs. It's been a bit since we. <laughs> I can tell. I know what they are. Okay. It's, it's uh, the song Da Vinci off of it. Uh, Everything will be all right in the end. And uh, let it hang all hang yeah. out. Let yeah. it all hang out is the second one. Oh, damn. I was wishing you guys would call me about <laughs> Happy Hour. Happy Hour was a. Uh, because I just saw it. I just saw it in a yeah, movie on the big screen. We actually we night. actually talked to Ben David about Happy Hour. Ooh, it's a good it's, it's a good um, song. I wouldn't go that far. They <laughs> 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 all hang out is off of Ratitude, by the way. Do you know either of these songs? I'm sure you've heard heard parts of them at some point. <clears throat> da Vinci. So da say Finchie, them again. What are the two? And let it all hang out. Yeah, Da Vinci goes. Da Vinci's the worst song? So it it goes far? Yeah, it's the worst song. Yep, it keeps going. This is weird. I like Da Vinci, weirdly enough. 
Uh, I mean, it's not without merit for sure. Nah. But I mean, you guys are in the you're in the last stretch, so there's always going to be some merit. Well, there should be less and less merit. Oh yeah, there should be actually less merit to any of them. So, uh, tell us your Weezer stories, dude. Yeah, or my Weezer stories. Oh, uh, my only and my only Weezer story I could ever tell is that I was on the uh, Beverly Hills nice, music video set. Did uh, Rivers go into the grotto? I mean, that was the whole point of that whole video was the grotto. My, I mean, I was only there because I was dropping off a lens set. Oh, nice. And I was working with the production team who also worked with the production team on that one. So I didn't, I, I wasn't there the whole probably what 24, 18 hours music video yeah. day on that one. But was, that, was that, uh, that was, was that Marcos Siega? I think Marcos did that one. Yeah, I think so too. You guys still got to call him. I know. Hell yeah. We forgot to do that. <laughs> He's waiting for your call. Anyhow, uh, yeah, so, we'll, we'll coordinate that. So, what do you want to plug, Spence? Oh, uh, I don't know, nothing. Okay, all right. You got well. things in the works. I know you'll want to plug later on. Yeah, but. stuffs in the works. I don't know if I want to talk about them. But. Okay, all, all right, right, dude. Love you guys. See Bye. Ya. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye. 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 All right, Da Vinci. Moving on. Yeah. Jesus, I like that song. Well, you didn't like it enough. No, I defend it um, every time, and this is when the, no one else does apparently. You, but you didn't convince me, <laughs> so we had to call, and then you didn't convince Spence. I wasn't trying to convince anyone. No. Yeah. All right. All right. Round four. Dreaming. Off of Weezer, the Red Album. I'm No other one off of Pinkerton. Jesus fucking Christ, what a matchup we have here. <laughs> yeah. Um, do we have to really even do this? 
Well, I mean, we have to see this concept through. Okay. We keep thinking about giving up, but... Uh, no, I mean, do we have to do this round? Do we have to even, like, have much of a debate here? It's a... Nick, you know what would be really funny? What? If we just call one of our random friends and pretend like we've, we're, we're, like, split on this. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. Um, why the fuck not? Let's just get a few points in about these songs. Uh, no, the one's fantastic. It's still one of the weaker songs on Pinkerton, but that is, that's like what's your least favorite supermodel, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, or for in Andrew's case, what's your least favorite picture of Shannon Elizabeth? <laughs> Jesus, Dreamin' sounds to me like some other band. I can't put a finger on it. it sounds it's like a r- polyphonic spree song at times. Fuck, you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds like all that sort of stuff. It sounds like a more well-structured polyphonic spree song. It annoys me I can't put a finger on it. Um, send, send me stuff that you sound, send it to our Twitter account. Yeah, let's fucking call someone. Fuck it. (laughs) All right. Who do you want to call? Uh, let's try and call Thane, our friend Thane. Thane, uh, filmmaker, director of The Wedding Party, a movie done in one shot. And I actually liked it pretty much. I mean, like, he's my friend, but I actually did like it. I like it, too. I'm very close to it, though. You're in it, and you're not... You, this is the movie you were an extra in and not nominated for an Oscar. I wasn't an extra in it. Oh, you were, you were going to be or something. I didn't want... Hey! Hey, what's up? What's going on? Uh, not too much. Just driving to the airport. What are you up to? Uh, I'm with Nick right now. Hey, Thane. Am I on the bracket? Yeah, you're on the bracket. Oh, this is so exciting. <laughs> oh, this is so exciting. So, Oh, man. Thane, uh, well, this is a weird round. Uh, we're really split right now. Okay. Nick, uh, I, I just chose this song called Dreamin'. You've heard the song Dreamin', right? Yeah. And Nick, <laughs> he doesn't like the song No Other One off of Pinkerton. What's his reasoning? <laughs> he doesn't have one. We're, this is we're just kind of fucking around. We thought that'd be funny if we called one of our friends to, on this hobby. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'd love to take this opportunity to say that because of the bracket, I, I went back and I've done like a deep dive into Pinkerton, yeah. which I haven't done since like college, and it's perfect. Oh, it's. I it's mean, a- it's. it's it's incredible. It, it's risen for me above blue. Kind of uh, that song is great. Which song? I cannot allow it. Um, no other one. Oh yeah, I, I know. Uh, we it's, knew it was uh, going to happen. This is just such a stupid round that we figured we needed something interesting to make you differentiate it because it's so boring. If like we didn't do anything else, Hold on, I know because it's such it's such an easy pass to let just uh, you know anything going up against Pinkerton or Blue I know. move on, but it, it must move on. No other one is great. I mean, it's not as good as the middle stretch of the album. No. From, yeah. Uh, what do you got? You got Across the Sea, uh, straight into... Um, the uh, Good Life, right? Yeah, yeah. Good, good life, life. Then it's uh, El Scorcho. Then I think it's uh, Pink Triangle. I th- we've done this before with Hulk, where we just list off the like. You do this a little bit. We just start yeah. listening, Pinkerton. Yeah, but yeah, no, I uh, especially upon re-listen, it, it's it's oh, it's actually grown in my mind kind of re-listening. Oh, it's it only gets better. Yeah, Dr- dreaming, 
agreement has to move on. Yeah. <laughs> then, then the song from Pinkerton. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Thane. Uh, you, you got it. Do you have anything you want to promote? Um, oh, yeah. I, uh, I directed a movie called The Wedding Party. It's on Netflix. Oh. Um, so... So we, check it out. We actually promoted it for you before you, we, you picked up. No, I mean, no. Well, let oh. him do. Well, let let him say it in his own words. Tell us, tell us a little bit about the wedding party. Okay, so uh, released last year. It's a film I wrote and directed. Kind of interesting thing about it is it is a uh, romantic comedy that was shot entirely in one hundred nineteen minute take. Uh, so. No cuts, no edits. Uh, we actually did it. Uh, three weeks of rehearsal. We shot it a total of five times. What you'll see on Netflix is take five. Yeah. Uh, I was actually there so, for the entire thing. So, yeah, really yeah. proud of it. And, and you, thank you guys for, for calling. Big fan of the podcast. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Uh, we're, uh, yeah, who's, I, we're both... uh, who's the sponsor this week? <laughs> Tom Hooper's Cats. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Thank Congrats, you, and uh, uh, thank you for calling. Thank you, Thane. Hey, you thank you for it, uh, picking up. You got it. You got it. Talk Take to you later, man. Bye. 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 Wow. So who would have thought? <laughs> so now we're finally free of Blue and Pinkerton songs. I think there's no real weak link in the bracket anymore. No. There's no obvious. We're, like, we're we're no longer slave to the dumb rules we thought would be really funny and then had to live <laughs> up to. Oh, except for all the other ones. <laughs> oh, anyhow, so there we go. I think that was going to be obvious. So, yeah. Hey, yeah. dreaming, dreaming. All right, we're dreaming of better songs, but they're not coming. Dude, they're only gonna get worse. <laughs> Another week. Another round. Another round. We are done with the second round. That went by so fast. Unbelievable. The next one's going to go by even faster. I think we might have to... We, um, we might a little slow it down We might a slow it down a little bit. The episodes will be a little shorter, but the content will be a little better. we got to slow it down so you guys can savior our time together. I know. He don't want to say goodbye yet. Oh, we still have a fucking lot of shit to do. <laughs> Anyhow, um, I think we're going to do a buffer episode next week. We haven't figured exactly out, but we're going to have... We're going to screw around somehow. We're going to have a special episode before we jump into the next, the Sweet 16. There we go. Yeah. Uh, But your winners this round, week 13, end of the second round. Here are your Sweet 16 entrants. Heart songs. Thank God for girls. Da Vinci. And dreaming. Damn. There's going to be some powerhouse matchups. Sweet 16, we've eliminated all the maybes, all the bubble songs. We are getting to the heart of what the bracket's about. I know. I don't know what's going to happen. I think think we are in the anything can happen. It's the Royal Rumble. There's songs that we hate, but... I don't know if we tie and the phone call goes the wrong way, you know? It's going to be weird. It's going to be weird to see what happens. It is, but you know what? This is what happens with science. This is completely scientific experiment here. Uh, the facts are going to come out. Honest question. We, uh, when we call people, we usually just kind of let them choose 
whatever, but we never actually like argue or try and convince them. If we get into a real hairy mess where we think this is going the wrong way, can we try and use a little persuasion? No rules against it. Like no, okay. I mean, there there are very few rules to the Weezer <laughs> bracket. Um, our rule for callers is that they can use any, any me- method. Metric. Yeah, any method. And if it's if it's listening to one of us, that is a method. That is valid. That's true. We'll see, we'll see you ne- guys next week. We'll see you next week. There's more bracket to come. Don't worry. This has been this has been Andrew. This has been Nick. You guys have a good week. You have a good. We, 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 don't, don't even try. Yeah, it can't be done. Bye, guys. All the Weezer songs, we are claiming fair use uh, for purposes of discussion, and you should look back because there's a lot of discussion about these. So there you go. But the intro music is by Alvoro Kid, and we downloaded it from hooksounds.com, Creative Commons with Attribution. So there you go. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and see you next week. Oh, I would also like to give a shout out to Spence Nicholson for helping us with the art. Yeah. Oh, he's real happy about that. And giving it, and letting us record in your house. Thank you, Spence. Thanks, Spence. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Love you.